This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross with Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? The list and your boy, not live whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, kind of live. 123. I got all this space above my head. You do too, Jimmy. What is yeah. this? Uh, so let, so I, I wanted to say something, all right, because I've seen uh, the, the comments on YouTube and stuff, and people think that we're, we're a bunch of bumbling idiots the last few weeks. You see and, the comments on YouTube, you've lived it, Jimmy. Yeah. People are, you know, I've been saying things like, oh, get new servers, and, and you know, oh, I used to love this show, and now the show is a train wreck. What people need to understand is we're not sitting around twiddling our thumbs and hoping that this thing will work every week. We have been like doing due diligence on every step of this process. I have an IT guy. I have a, uh, a media, a new media guy. I have all these people plus Nigel. They've been like looking at everything from is the cabling, you know, good. Let's look at the network. Let's look at how it's, things are connected to the panel. Let's look at the software configuration resolution checking everything wouldn't you know today i'm told okay we think we have a solution we're ready to go live at six o'clock awesome and then at 4 30 nigel comes up here and starts setting up the assets for the show my contractor renovating our office downstairs i guess in an effort to fish the cables through fucked up our media room oh. broke one of the data ports didn't tell me about it and don't think i'm happy about that whole thing which i will take care of tomorrow I thought but, fishing uh, was supposed to be easier in Canada. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> but that's basically what's going on. So, so we're taping the show because I don't trust the live stream under the, under the circumstances. We're going to tape this show. Uh, and then after Vegas, Sean, the shit's going to work after Vegas. <laughs> yeah, because okay. my contractor's <laughs> fixing this data port. He's fixing it uh, tomorrow, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, this thing will work. So I told Nigel, this might be one of like three or four beers we're going to have today. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm not even using my cozy, and You're I don't mad. care, and I don't care. You're mad. Because I, I, I put a lot of time and money into this I stuff, know. Sean. You I know, know I mean? you did. I mean, this, this room was a discussion it felt like two years ago. And it wasn't free. It, this it wasn't seems, free. It feels like almost as soon as the old room was done, that yeah. this one was a discussion. That's, that's what yeah. it feels like to me. But... Damn. Yeah, yeah, and if people could see what I'm looking at right now, I should I should like take a picture of my view. I got two cameras, I got a big screen TV, I got Nigel's production uh, desk over here. This is all new stuff that we bought, yeah. and so you damn right I'm frustrated. I, I was joking with Sean and Nigel off the air. My only gift for Christmas that I want this year is I want to do a full podcast without any glitches. Well, I'm hoping that room. can be a That's Memorial Day gift for you instead because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to yeah. wait until Christmas. Yeah, I know I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's try to move on and talk about another bummer, uh, grumpy cat. How you feel, Sean? That's a, that is a bummer. I'm a cat lover. Mm -hmm. Um 
that's sad. Uh, I, I don't know what our litter robot coupon code is, but there uh, you go. Uh, I don't know either. I think Despiteful, it's a link. Maybe? I think oh. it's a link. They didn't give us a code, but okay. I like my litter robot. It's fantastic. I do too. I love mine too. So, you excited for Vegas? I showed something uh, to Sean off the air. Are, are uh, you ready for Viva Ross Vegas? <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting event. I'm looking forward to going because of the fact that you've never been to Vegas. It's true. And so I'm looking forward to just kind of seeing you like a kid in a candy store running around out there. Not so, only have uh, I never been to Vegas, I've never been west of San Antonio. Right. And I've only been west of Indianapolis once. Like okay, ever. well, th- this is this is going to be uh, this is going to be a trip. I've gotten to the point now where I kind of don't like going to Vegas anymore, uh, but because of this, you know, Starcast, and you know, you've never been, and so I'm going to go and, and I'm going to make the best of it. But I mean, uh, you you told me to bring an Amazon Fire Stick because you're not even going to the show. True. Yeah, <laughs> Sean was like, "Hey, they weren't able to get me an extra credential for Double or Nothing, so why don't you just buy a cheap ticket?" I said, "Fuck that! I'll watch it in the room." You'll spend more watching it in the room than you will getting a ticket. You know what's funny? Let me tell you a quick story. So I, I don't know if I said this on the air. Last time I was in Orlando back in March before this most recent trip, I'm walking through the Orlando uh, airport and I passed Braun Strowman. Did I tell you that? Yeah. So Braun Strowman walks by me. I was with my wife and my wife goes, hey, there's Braun Strowman. And she looks at me and I went, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> and, my, and my wife said to me, I can't believe you didn't even flinch. And I told her, I'm kind of past the theatrics of it all. Like, I'm more into the business side of it now. You know what I mean? I'm still a fan, and I still like watching a good match and a good story. But I don't don't get stoked about seeing the wrestlers in person anymore. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a part of the job now, but yeah, uh, I, I look forward to this week because there, my God, there's like 50 people that are going to be there that either I correspond with on a daily to weekly basis, or yeah. quite frankly, I get stories from, I get scoops from. And I even got that, you. I even got your business card, Sean. You did well. Yeah. You, you, you've sent them to be made. We'll see how that works. Oh, it'll work. They're good. They're they're right across the street here. They'll be good. That'll be good. And we're doing dinner on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be nice. I told you, uh, no ribbed jeans, no white sneakers, Sean. Well, and, I'm uh, going to have to sew my jeans back up then. You might have to. No white yeah. sneakers? Really? I don't know. It's, so I you're, mean, you're supposed to dress business casual, right? I am wearing some beautiful blue and white custom Air Force Ones. But not, not I br- I'm bringing extra shoes, Jimmy. Don't you worry. Okay, good. You should show up in like a pair of leather white loafers or something like that. I, do I mean, have, you mean like you mean like Mr. Mr. Furley style? Yeah, from like 1972. Leather. I was thinking Eddie from uh, what's it called uh, Vegas or not Vegas? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer vacation. Summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about Ashley Massaro. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so uh, WWE Diva Search winner, former Playboy Playmate. She passed away on uh, May 16, 10 days shy of her 40th birthday. Uh, and it's come out that it was suicide. She leaves behind an 18-year-old daughter. Uh, it seems like she's been universally praised. Ashley Massaro was one of these girls that I was admittedly kind of indifferent about in terms of a talent. You know, didn't love her, didn't hate her. Uh, but she's been universally praised by everybody from Maria Kanellis, Trish Stratus, uh, Justin Roberts has some positive things to say about her. 
Really tragic thing, man. Uh, 10 days shy of her 40th birthday. I didn't know, I had never heard of her, you know, dealing with any mental health issues or depression issues. I know that she had been part of that class action lawsuit against WWE, the CTE lawsuit. Uh, Otherwise, I hadn't heard too much about her. Uh, Really tragic. 10 days shy of 40. It's way too young. I had very limited experience with her, limited to like maybe a few weeks ago when I was trying to see who would be at StarCast and trying to set up interviews. I noticed she had her DMs open and I said, hey, can I grab an interview in Las Vegas? She said, absolutely, I'd love to. I was like, I was surprised your messages were open. And she said, yeah, I like to talk to fans. I like to interact with them. And she's gone. It's a bummer. And um, why was she going to StarCast? Exactly. I don't know. I think she was booked. She was booked for something in Las Vegas. I mean, it's a convention. People are... People okay. are there. They're booked for the show. All kinds of hundreds of wrestlers are there. Why would anybody be there? I I, I guess I just I I still don't really understand the concept of Starcast. Like it's I didn't like know. Like WrestleCon. Is it? Oh, is it like yeah, WrestleCon? Same thing. Only it has panels. Okay. It has I thought panels it was and shows. And I thought it was all podcast wrestling, Jimmy, podcast related. Jimmy, do your homework. Ah, whatever. What I have you, you for that. I have you for that. Mate. Remember when they did the first one and they had like a paid podcast row? And I told Sean I refuse to pay a dime to like you know put ourselves yeah. on podcast row. Who the hell would ever do that? You know. And yeah, that was that's like last year. This is the different. Well, it's okay, not even different. Okay. They have shows they have like well they had the roast of brick flare plan they have right. a lot of different panels and stuff like that set up this is okay but it's, it's also rest- but it's also a signing basically a signing yeah signings beat and greets oh, okay uh, all, all right different stuff like that jimmy they have a website ah, i got you for that you tell me what's going on you know evidently not you i'm flying <laughs> out in less than 12 hours are you excited yeah, I'm pretty excited. So Sean was staying, I don't know where the hell you're staying, like the Red Roof Inn or something, and I uh, I moved him over to Caesars. <laughs> I moved him to Caesars. We're going to have fun. It's going to be good. You know? Are we? Yes. You sound like you don't have a clue what's going on there. <laughs> I'm there to see you in Vegas for your first time. That's all right. Uh, I'll, I'll hit you with the address of Disco's Club, and you can just, at least we know what's going on there. Disco's Club? Disco Inferno. What about him? He runs a strip club, Jimmy. Does he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Godfather does. Disco does too? I'm pretty sure he does, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, is that where we're going? Maybe. Okay. Maybe, Jimmy. I don't know. I've I've got a lot of errands. Are you still in his football league? Fantasy football league with him? Well, okay, so here's the thing. It's a fantasy football league that has like some UFC fighters, comedians, uh, wrestlers. Oh. And he was the the advisor of the league. He wasn't in the league. Okay. He would troll everybody who didn't win in the league. That was his sole purpose of existing. Kind of like his general existence on Twitter. So, do you have enough of a relationship with him that if I went up to him at the club and said and pointed at you and said, "Hey, you know, Sean's your buddy, so how about like two bucks a song for a lap dance for him? Yeah, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. <laughs> I, am, I am supposed to interview him like maybe Sunday, though. Looking okay. forward to that. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on and talk and about Unless Brock you want Lesnar. the dance from him, then maybe he'll cut you the deal. That would make for a Fightful Select exclusive. <laughs> I don't know. I get the feeling that Disco, ain't nothing exclusive about our dude Disco. Oh. Uh. 
No, maybe not. Let's move on and talk about Brock Lesnar. So uh, it appeared on social media, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, it appeared on social media like a lot of people were criticizing the Money in the Bank booking. Uh, I don't know if these are people that maybe they're like purists or they root for the underdog or whatever it is, but I saw that a lot of people were complaining, saying, oh, sure, the part-time guy gets to come in, and after the other, other guys have spent 15 minutes busting their asses, he gets to come in, push one guy off the ladder, and, and, and wins the, the Money in the Bank briefcase. I got to be honest, I actually really liked it, Sean. Yeah, I did too. You did too. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it like this. Number one, I think the element of surprise is so important in pro wrestling. Uh, and when you think back to the Attitude Era, that was an element that they always used marvelous, marvelously back then. Uh, and not so much today, maybe because of the internet, maybe because of sites like Fightful.com. But uh, it's, a, it's an element of surprise that, that I really like, and uh, I thought it was great. The live crowd loved it. Uh, and Brock Lesnar, because of the whole wild card thing and because they can have both champions on uh, one show, it's a great thing to watch, in my opinion, that Brock Lesnar, arguably you know, the toughest guy on the roster, with his choice of who he wants to cash in on, I think it makes for a good story. So I liked the whole thing. I thought it was perfectly fine. Now, granted, if WWE had had more foresight, they wouldn't have booked Brock for a year and a half like a guy that doesn't like the fans, doesn't care about the company, uh, doesn't care about the locker room, doesn't even care about the title, which they did because they thought he was going to go back to UFC. Uh, I wish they had more foresight and hadn't done that. But at the same time, because he's part-time and he's only around every few months, I think that's an easy thing to rehabilitate. And based on what we saw with a live audience on Sunday, they were sure happy to see him, I think. So I yeah. liked it, man. I thought it was good. Like I said, I think it makes a good element with the whole wild card thing, and uh, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit different, and I don't get the feeling they're going to sit on this for Brock that long, especially considering they're announcing it next week. And that's okay because I – I don't need to see that crutch used every year. Right. And they've already done away with the women's version. Uh, so, or at least it's already been cashed in. Mm-hmm. Or they could sit on it for a while. And then every Brock Lesnar appearance goes from being a rehashed, same old promo to well, what's he going to do? What's Is he, he going to cash in? That, that could be good. I would, I would like to see them extend that a little bit further and uh, just have Brock Lesnar's appearances mean a little bit more. And the other thing I like about it, too, is, you know, you think about previous Money in the Bank winners, uh, like Dolph Ziggler, like uh, uh, CM Punk, like uh, uh, Jack Swagger, guys who they were going to use the belt to kind of try to get to the next level, and they were maybe the underdog going into it. Brock is the guy that you think, okay, he's going to cash in and he's going to win the title because he's Brock Lesnar and he can kick both their asses. That makes a fun element to this. This makes the champions really have to look over their shoulder. And uh, I just like it. I think it's good. Uh, now, speaking of Money in the Bank, I wanted to ask you about this. What was with the back-to-back incompetent referee finishes? Because, uh, now, the Samoa Joe one, uh, from what I understand, that was they called an audible on that because of the bloody nose. Is that true? Yes. Is it possible that the shoulder came up unintentionally because Joe's just so big for Ray to keep down? Is that maybe what happened or it's possible but i mean considering the fact that there were like four ref botches on this show yes i don't know and it was very limited in the the explanation the following night like it was they only used it in storyline they used it in storyline but i i Once. still yeah but when watching it well the joe one they they mentioned it the next day but when watching it i kept thinking to myself i think it was unintentional i think that joe's just so big that you know, it was hard for Ray to keep him down. But the the one that confused me even more was the Lacey Evans non count on the roll up. Yeah, and that looks so odd because the referee just 
basically laid there looking at it and did nothing, and you could hear the announcers, you could hear Corey Graves kind of stumble and then go silent. He yeah. was like, uh, and then he went silent. That looked completely... I don't then, know what the hell that was. Then, then he buried the ref for not letting Charlotte get up to her feet on the cash-in. Right. And then there was another one. And then the following night on Monday Night Raw, there were, of all things, uh, if those, uh, I know one, at least one was scripted because I had somebody tell me from backstage, but there were so many. I don't know which one they were referring to as being scripted in. Right. Right. So the next night on Raw, there were two that were barely noticeable, including one that was during a commercial break in the Usos revival match. And I'm told that Vince was mad about it, like went off about it. And I'm like, homeboy, it happened four times the night before. And you probably scripted multiple of them. Yeah. Why? To have the balls. These referees do not get any love. They do not get any credit for what they do. I've had several wrestlers tell me that some of the refs are on edge because of all the things that happened WrestleMania week. Yeah, and they're afraid of losing their jobs in some cases. Some of these refs have multiple jobs. Even oh yeah, they're part of the ring crew. Part of the ring crew production, yep. uh, like like timing out stuff. I think like mm. there's a lot of different stuff. Oh by the way, now they got to slam their hand into a goddamn piece of concrete about three or six times a night with the twenty four seven rule. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you, <laughs> at least one referee fractures his hand this year. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. Uh, okay, let's talk about this AEW Pac situation. Oh boy. Now uh, he's off double or nothing due to creative differences. Man, you know that I have to go off about this for a minute, Sean, because I fucking called this and I told you this when they did that rally. So I got to talk about this. So maybe was... you called it. Oh, I called it. Maybe and you, and you well, know it might I not did. be what you think it is, Jimmy. Well, so so I want to know what you've heard. So there's speculation that it's actually a visa issue. Uh, Dave Meltzer has come out and said no. He said it's not a visa issue. It's a legit creative difference. Uh, Meltzer says that there are even legal legal depositions going back and forth to try to force Pac to appear. Um, that's, that's what Meltzer said. Now, apparently, Pac takes his Dragon Gate title so seriously that he's been refusing to put people over on other shows as well, and he refused to put Hangman Page over on Double or Nothing. Now, here's the first thing I want to know, and this is my first question for you. So when they announced that Pac was going to be part of the company and part of Double or Nothing, they announced it at that rally in, uh, yeah. in uh, Vegas. When they announced it, he was already the Dragon Gate champion. And so the first question I have is, and I don't know if this is something that you would know, did they ever discuss the finish with him prior to last week? Uh, Or is it something that they just kind of waited on? Or did Pac at the time agree to it, and then like a week ago he changed his mind? This is the first thing I'd like to know. I'm trying to find that out. Haven't heard anything yet. But, I mean, I get the feeling that Pac knew that they wanted this they wanted a big thing for hangman page because hangman page they had him come out and say i want to be the first aew champion and he's in the inner circle like seriously all due respect to dragon gate i know they have some shows that do between 1500 to 5000 even right a lot of the shows they're doing are like a few hundred people and i get it he's loyal to them all that this is where you got to start getting people exclusively you Um, think yeah, well, you yeah, think. obviously, but I wonder if it's a creative issue, why can't he do StarCast? And he had a visa issue WrestleMania weekend. Maybe because Conrad Thompson's so close to uh, Cody and all that, uh, they were like, well, screw it, we're not paying for his trans in his hotel. And if there's depositions, 
Yeah, that's I, what Meltzer said, yeah. I, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't listened to anything of his uh, this week. But, oh, that's rough. And see, the thing is, I think you need a Pac. You need him. It was, I think, three or four from the top in promotion. I mean, arguably, arguably two or three, you could say. Uh, yeah. Because they had billed that as, like, these are going to be the next guys. Yep. Since then, they've announced that the winner of the Battle Royal will face the winner of Omega and Jericho down the line for the title. Yeah. But well, uh, I think you need Pac. I think that Kenny Omega versus Pac is a big-time match that you got to build to in the future. And I don't know. And the fact that <laughs> Hangman Page went over to the U.K. Yeah. to do it. Now, I, I, this isn't me reporting anything. This isn't me. I do not have insight on this situation. I have been trying to find out. But when Hangman Page has to go over there, you mean to tell me that Conrad or somebody wouldn't have set up a ring at StarCast and run this right there and said, oh, damn, you know what? You can't miss StarCast next time. You never know what's going to happen at StarCast. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, here's another thing about it that I don't understand. Um, So they didn't want to do a non-finish at Double or Nothing. Understandable. Like a a DQ or something. Because, you know, apparently Double or Nothing or AEW, they want to be more, you know, like a pure sport. They want clean finishes and all of that. So here's what I don't understand. No rain delays. What's that? No rain delays. Yeah, no rain delays. So here's what I don't understand. So they fly Hangman Page to England to wrestle Pac on a WrestleGate show. And what do they do? They, they put it for free on AEW's YouTube page to kind of say, okay, we're, we're presenting the match to you in another form. And then they do a DQ finish. So they well, don't they, want to do a DQ finish at Double or Nothing, but then the match they present's got a DQ finish anyway. Paying 50 bucks for that. So I, yeah, I, I get it, that. But, that, but that's not the... I get it, but that's not... There's not a lot of people that are going to buy the show for Pac versus Hangman Page. And I I wonder what their plans with Hangman Page are that they couldn't be like, all right, we'll just have Pac win this one. Or if Pac <sighs> said, hey, I'm never going to lose there, that, that could be an issue. But. I mean, to me, if I'm the promoter, you're setting a – so I, it's like what we talk about all the time with the guys that complain in WWE. You're establishing a precedent. Mm-hmm. So a guy like Pac, if he says, I can't put anybody over, and if I don't know who the hell's doing the booking, if it's Cody or Tony, whoever, if they respond and say, okay, cool, on this one, then we'll put you over. You don't want to do that. Like, you don't want to establish that precedent. So I just want to say this. So, you know, I've been critical of AEW with some of their decision-making. Sean has joked around about how I I hope that they go up and smoke because I've I've been critical. I I can't remember verbatim, but you said something. Um, The reason I've been critical of them, and again, I want them to succeed because it's going to help the industry as a whole is going to light a fire under WWE, and that's why I want them to succeed. But I've been critical of them because I think they've made some bad decisions. This was one of the, thing, the things that I talked about. Why would you sign a guy and put him on your show, especially when you're trying to go worldwide? They have a deal in the U.S., and they're, they're working on deals in Canada and the U.K. Why would you sign a guy, put him on your show, and continue working someplace else? To me, that's stupid that you would do that. Uh, and I had always used it an example of an injury. When, when this first came up. I, I used MGF as the example. I said, what if MGF gets injured on an MLW show and you've invested TV time in him? Uh, Pac opened up a whole new can of worms with the whole creative difference thing, but it goes back to the same 
problem. Why would you book a guy and allow him to work someplace else? It's dumb. And I know that the, that Cody and the Bucks and all these guys, and this again could play into the fact that these are active wrestlers who are executives, and so they want to be one of the boys and they want to you know do good by the boys. It's bad business. I would not invest two minutes of television time into anybody that's not exclusive. And I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's Pac. I don't care if it's MJF. If they're not exclusive, you're not on my TV show. And that's it, because these, these are the issues that you run into, and uh, they've I learned could, their lesson. They haven't even done one show yet, Sean, and they've I already could, had to learn that lesson. I could see exceptions with talent sharing and maybe one-offs like Jushin Thunder Liger when he came over. And they could that. do one-offs like that, sure. But they, they, they take Pac, they bring him to the rally. He even had the Dragon Gate belt with him. They bring him to the rally. They put a lot of effort in promoting that match. I think, I think on the website it was like fourth from the top. And a week before the show, this happens, they did Whoa. it to themselves. And I, I thought it made them look foolish that what they did this. What the hell they're paying Pac? Not, not AEW, Dragon Gate. Dragon what Gate. the hell are they paying Pac? And I mean, the thing is, they run a lot of shows. They yeah. ran, they've ran, I think, seventy shows this year already. Maybe so, that's why he's loyal. I mean, they're they're running a lot. Is he on? He's not on all of them, though, right? No, no, not not anywhere near that. But yeah. I mean, you look at it; he's thirty-two years old. Let me see. He has already wrestled. He's wrestled fifty-five times this year. So I mean. That's all right. Ten times a month, one hundred and ten, one hundred and fifteen times a year, even without AEW. That's that's a healthy living. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's maybe that's where the loyalty comes from. You know, so uh, so double or nothing. Now I'm not going to go over the entire card. Uh, You and Alex did it. Uh, You can go on YouTube. It's there. I just want to talk about some of the future matches. So Jericho versus Kenny Omega. They've announced that that now is going to be kind of like a tournament semifinal for the uh, AEW title. The winner of the Casino Battle Royal is going to face the winner of Omega Jericho at a future date for the AEW title. So that adds an extra wrinkle to it. That's that's kind of cool. Do you think we're going to see any surprises? Do you think that like Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley, or uh, Jake Hager, a.k.a. Jack Swagger, might uh, show up on that show or maybe in the Battle Royal? Moxley? Possibly. Uh-huh. Either that or maybe he faces uh, Paige. Or maybe Paige enters himself into that battle royal to get the title shot. And that makes sense that if yeah. they did that. Yeah. Uh, as far as Hager, I could see him eventually coming in. I don't know if it's right now, though. Mm. Uh, and I, I think they would be wise to do it if he can show that he can compete at a high level in the ring. There's been a lot of criticisms about his indie work because he's been really, really focused on MMA. Uh, but... You show up in the shape that he showed up in, in that Bellator thing, 239 yes. pounds. Yeah, he looked good. Keep in mind, 239 pounds is one of the smaller guys in the WWF days. <laughs> and Jack Swagger showed up lean and beat the snot out of a guy. He, he beat the snot out of a guy that looks like you know some, some, some average next-door neighbor walking down the street. Yes, he did. But he still beat him up. And yeah, that's did. all that matters. And, and that they can use the, the footage or whatever. I'm sure yeah. Bellator would love that. Yeah. Zone would love the, the publicity. But the thing is, if he does that, he can do it at a little bit of a higher level. You can get your shoot fighter because outside of Tom Lawler there and maybe Josh Barnett, there aren't a ton out there mm-hmm. right now that that have that level of experience. Scorpio Sky's done a little MMA, but that's not his gimmick. So, I think Tom Lawler would be a good pickup, but does he have exclusivity at all anywhere else? He works for MLW. MLW, yeah, he's champion. They have, no, they have a good relationship with MLW too. So yeah, I'm gonna you're, you're gonna get me on a rant about the exclusivity thing again. 
But uh, all right. Now, one other AEW note, and I want to get your comments on this, Sean. Mm -hmm. And I really, if you get the opportunity, not that I want to, you know, stir shit up with AEW, but I kind of do. If you get the opportunity to talk to Cody Rhodes on the record uh, in Vegas, I want you to ask him about this. I don't do, Jimmy. Uh, I don't plan on doing too much of that stuff. You know, if I get the opportunity, I will. Like I'm, you know, just along for the ride on my dime, right? Uh, What What was that? Yeah, what was that? Yeah, yeah. Anybody watching this, if you are going to be in Vegas, you'll find me at uh, Beer Park. It's in front of uh, the Paris. I'll be there a fair bit. It's kind of like an outdoor sports bar. Uh, Mon Amiga B is my, my favorite breakfast spot. You'll find me and Sean there, probably. But anyway, uh, I want Cody Rhodes to answer this, Sean. So the Young Bucks did an interview with Bleacher Report. And they said that they had wanted, prior to uh, you know All Elite Wrestling starting, they had wanted Ring of Honor and New Japan to come together and offer them dual contracts that would allow them to do both. Yeah. This is a quote from Nick Jackson. All right, So this is a direct quote from Nick Jackson. He said, why don't you guys get us a dual contract? And they just didn't get it done. We would have easily stayed, and there would have never been an All Elite Wrestling if they would have met what we wanted, but it didn't get done. I Isn't want that amazing. I want not that's that's not what I'm saying. I want to know from Cody Rhodes, do you agree that if the Young Bucks weren't there there would be no All Elite Wrestling because I call bullshit on that. So I want to know from Cody Rhodes cuz everybody looks at Cody Rhodes as kind of the catalyst for this, right? I want to know from Cody Rhodes, what are your thoughts on Nick Jackson, one of your 18 EVPs who said in this interview if we had taken those deals there would be no all elite wrestling. I want to know what Cody Rhodes thinks of that. That's a good question. Huh? That is a good question that I look forward to not answering or not getting answered. Would you ask him though? Would you oh, ask yeah, him? Yeah, of course I would ask him. I don't I I ask him shit all the time. Ask him. Awesome, and, awesome. And oftentimes I get replied to with a picture of his dog. Yeah, you've told me that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, at least it's... I would it's love to know his, his thoughts on that because uh, if, you know, if I, I have one business partner in this business. I don't have 17. Me. Me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, you know... Let's move on. I just want Cody Rhodes to answer <laughs> that question. I want to answer that question. You're so aggressive, Jim. No, I'm just curious. Like as as a business person, I'm curious what he would say about that. Uh, let's move on and talk about the 24/7 title. Now, I know that a lot of people think that the belt looks like ass. We have a picture of it. Do you have the picture of uh, that title? There's the 24/7 title. Now, my the only thing I can think of when I see that belt, Sean, is that it was put together quickly. Oh, yeah, you think right? there's yeah. nothing on the side place. There's nothing on the side place. I noticed that the side place, they have like a little corner, little thing on the corners, but otherwise they're blank. They put that thing together fast, probably within the last week. They did a rush job on it. So a lot of guys are complaining about that. Now, the Attitude Era's 24-7 rule for the hardcore title, I have fond memories of it. I think you have fond memories of it. Uh, ironically enough, and I know Sean talked about this on social media, we have plans for the Fightful Championship, and we've been talking about this for months, plans yeah. for the Fightful Championship surrounding the 24-7 rule. I have already written skits for it. For the love of God. I've there got you go. I got a couple ideas as well. Yeah, and I got a couple ideas as well. But that's what happened. Um, now, I was listening to some of Meltzer's podcasts, and they were shitting all over the 24-7 rule, saying, oh, uh, it's it's just it's being made to look like a joke Why and blah, 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 blah. I podcast instead. Anyway, oh, I do too. Uh, 
Obviously, this is not meant to be taken seriously. This is meant to be comic relief. It was the first time around 20 years ago. It's meant to be comic relief. It's meant to be entertaining. I'm okay with that. When word got out that they were planning to bring it back, I was optimistic because I thought, okay, so we're going to get some fun segments and they can get guys on the show that... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Are normally on the show. That's you can the whole in- point of it. I was right. Saying. You can introduce the audience to people from NXT UK. You can introduce the audience to people from 205 Live that they might not know. Now, that being said... Uh, when they first executed it, the first segment with Mick Foley, I despised it. And on, on uh, social media, I was pretty critical of it because of how stupid it was. They laid the belt in the ring. They used all these lower card guys that they always booked to look inept every week. And they somehow made them look even more inept than they normally do because these guys were so bumbling. They couldn't even get into the ring to grab the belt. And I don't know if you noticed this, Sean. You know when all the guys were running out and then they started brawling at ringside? A couple of the guys at the back of that line, Titus O'Neil being one of them, ran down. There was nobody in front of him because everybody was too busy brawling. He could have kept running, slid into the ring. He stopped for no reason and started hitting somebody at ringside. Alex brought that up. They- it, was, it was so bumbling and so stupid. I hated the way they started this thing. But I felt like they made amends later because I felt that our true thing with uh, Bobby Roode, that was reminiscent of the hardcore title 24-7 rule 20 years ago, the way they did that. Uh, I also like what they did on SmackDown. He actually retained it because uh, he, he escaped Jinder Mahal. Of course he did. And uh, and the B team. So I, I I thought they made amends with it, but I just hated the fact with how it started. You know? Yeah, I, I do too. From the way that the belt looked to Mick Foley's promo, which he admitted sucked. It was uh-huh. very confusing uh-huh. because he, brought, he said, oh, the, the third hour of Raw is going to be more Raw. And that is a thing they're doing. They've changed a lot of themes on that. But they made it sound like it's a 24-7 title, but is it only just going to be on the last hour of Raw? It was confusing, it was, yeah. yeah. And, and not only that, he used the term scramble. You grab the title. Well, a scramble within WWE speak is you have a match, and then at the end of that ma- a, a given time, whoever's the champion still is there, right. which is literally what R-Truth mistakenly thought the title was the next day. It was confusing as hell it was and here's the other issue that i had with it so mick foley's cutting this promo and he says you could be a Chuck E. cheese and if somebody has a referee they can attack you and and try to pin you for the title you can be on the golf course you can be in the shower i watched all that and i thought to myself they have how many titles now in the company they have 11 titles on the main roster they have 18 titles total if you include nxt and nxt uk they have 23 people that currently hold the title belt that means that there's a lot less prestige to the 24 7 title in 2019 than there was to the hardcore title 20 years ago and so the question i thought they needed to answer is why the hell would you want to hold this freaking title jimmy As- when i think it was probably like it's one of the last matches i ended up working for this promotion that was out here and like there were seven matches on the card and i think there were six titles and really they're like oh do you all want a title match myself and my catch wrestling coach and we looked at him we go no 
We're good. <laughs> right. We're good. But we don't for what? Right. It's what makes it. It's more special that we don't have one. That you don't have one, right? Like it's it run into the ground and. The U.S. title, we don't know what's happening with it. The Intercontinental title's barely. And here's the thing. Every week since WrestleMania, a champion has been beaten on this show. So what does being a champion mean? Is it for a piece of gold? Is it for a monetary gain? What right. does that mean? Yeah, they, I think that what they need to do, I think that next Monday on Raw, they need to explain that if you're the 24-7 champion, say maybe at the end of a show or end of a week, whatever, that there's a financial incentive involved. they got to explain that. Maybe they can even say, you know, this guarantees you a spot on the card. And if you have a spot on the card, then you have, there's financial incentive. They need to explain why you got 20 guys chasing the champion backstage. Because right now, if I was, I mean, you saw Sami Zayn, right? Sami Zayn's standing there. He watches him run. He walks the other way. On Raw, Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley are standing there when Bobby Roode runs by. And they just watched him run, and then they just kept talking because the title meant nothing to them. Yeah. Right. And so that, they need to explain it. Yes, I agree. I, I agree. Like Andrew. Andrew was like, put it on somebody important first off. Like, so somebody AJ, AJ Styles or somebody wins it immediately. You're like, oh shit, AJ Styles has this. Right. Then if somebody else wins it, it's like okay, he lost it under weird circumstances, but you know that somebody important cares about this title. And I don't know who it was on social media, and I apologize for forgetting who it was. Somebody on social media said they should have Brock Lesnar win it and, <laughs> and, and have Brock Lesnar sit in the open locker room backstage, like, come and get it kind of thing. And yeah. I know that I would find that funny. Like, you got guys, like, outside the locker room, like, you do it. No, you do it. You know what I mean? That was, that was sort of similar to, like, The Undertaker. I remember when he won it, and he had a bit of a run with the title. I don't remember, really. I don't remember that. Yeah, he had a, he had a bit of a run because uh, – Gosh, I, I can't remember. Uh, it was when he was uh, the American badass or big yeah. evil or one yeah. of those. But yeah. He had an extended run with that championship. I mean, nobody ever held it for more than three months, but he held it for like, I think, two. Uh, but I'm, I'm okay with it. It's It makes for interesting content. I can tell that they're trying to go into different areas of the arena. I appreciate yep. that. But the thing is, they should have announced this before that goddamn wild card too, because right. then you probably don't need a wild card. Because you know what, anybody can win this anywhere. I'm okay with that. Every pay per view, you have some co branded action there. It can switch between a Raw and a SmackDown superstar. Mm-hmm. That wild card is ruining the quality of WWE for me. And that being said, I've enjoyed the last two Raws. Yeah, but the wild card is ruining the quality of the program for me. Problem is, it's because things are changing week to week, show to show. I mean, Vince McMahon didn't know two weeks ago he was going to do a 24-7 title, probably. Yeah. Uh, and this is the issue. Things are just changing so quickly that there's no time to have any kind of long-term planning. Uh, let's move on to talk about Impact Wrestling because you continue to make new friends online, Sean. You're always, you're always finding a way to just, just get more people loving you on, uh, on social media. So uh, more woes for Impact Wrestling. And, uh, and we'll talk about a few. So we've known for a while that they're on a shoestring budget. I think they've done decent with what they have, especially since Demore and Callis uh, took over back uh, behind the scenes. Uh, there continue to be issues related to management, uh, especially in terms of the parent company operations. Yeah. So Pursuit Channel. Nigel might find this funny. Pursuit Channel is owned by the parent company of Impact Wrestling, Nigel. Okay. Last week's show, the last 24 minutes, which is where the main event should have been, instead they had 24 minutes of commercials. Whoa. 
because Pursuit, Pursuit Channel is clearly run by a bunch of monkeys uh, there at Anthem. Maybe the same guys that came in and destroyed the port in our office, hey, yeah. Did I ever tell you my Pursuit story? No. Okay, so my wife's best friend married a guy who's big into hunting. Uh, has a had a locally produced hunting show. And I don't know what was up on it, but I was explaining to him this impact deal when it happened. And I was like, yeah, man, they're on this really low-level network. You can probably end up getting your show on there. And he looked at me and he said, I am on there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really says something. I think it was PW Insider that reported this. It really says something when Impact is looking for a better television outlet in the fall because they want to get off the station owned by their parent company. Yeah. That's that that says it all right there. So they have that issue. They have issues with people asking for their release. So Killer Cross asked for his. Uh, first, he wanted more money. They denied it. Then he asked for his release. They denied it. Russell Zone reported that he's making less than an NXT entry level deal, and he's losing money uh, every show due to travel expenses. Now, I, I got to say this, and and this might not be a popular opinion. I have to side with Impact in his case because why would you sign the contract? Yeah. Right? It's, it's on you for signing it. I, I, I say the same thing with Sasha Banks. It's on you for signing it. I think that in, in, in WWE's case, the Revival are doing it the right way. Gallows and Anderson are doing it the right way. Honor your contract, and then you'll be out. Sasha Banks is sitting at home. They're going to freeze your deal, and it's going to make it hey, worse for you. If you're in WWE, ask them to re-sign you. Maybe they'll release you. Maybe, maybe. So there's Killer Cross. Uh, there's reports that Scarlett Bordeaux asked for her release. That's- Killer Cross's girlfriend. Oh, okay, so. I didn't, I didn't know that, but you know that WWE and uh, AEW would be jumping on her quick. Oh yeah, uh, and Killer Cross too. I mean, Killer Cross is, he is gonna be real, real. I mean, he's already really good, but he's gonna and, be. Uh, uh, if if you put him in WWE tomorrow, he's like a, a mid card, upper mid card guy. He's really good. He's everything the WWE wishes Baron Corbin was. I think. Uh, except Vince McMahon, because Vince McMahon loves Baron Corbin, thinks well, he's the greatest yeah, heel in the company. I mean, from a character standpoint, I yeah, think yeah, that, they, yeah. that Baron had his promos. Now, anybody not familiar with Impact, not familiar with Scarlett Bordeaux, she actually was on WWE television at one time uh, as enhancement talent for Nia Jax. We have a photo of it. Put that up, Nigel. Yep. So you might remember this. This is when Nia Jax was shooting with Sasha Banks, so they put her in a legit boss shirt. As you can see, but that's Scarlett Bordeaux right there. Then the other uh, impact news that came out, and this is where I'm going to turn the floor over to Sean Rossap, because this is where Sean Rossap made a bunch of new friends. News came out about Jordan Grace. She signed, she didn't sign. She signed, she didn't sign. Tell the story, Sean. I go into great detail on the FightfulSelect.com Fightful Report podcast, but um, I'll tell it here. In October, PW Insider, flip in your paper, Jimmy. Sorry, interrupting the audio. PW Insider reported that Jordan signed a two-year deal. That obviously came from the impact side of things because they thought they had. In talking to Jordan, they wanted her to sign a four-year deal. And she was like, no, I think two is good. They agreed but never sent the contract back. She's like, all right, I'm getting paid. Whatever. She knew that she wasn't working with a contract. And I had people that interviewed her. Over that period of time, they were like, yeah, she wouldn't answer this contract question. She was like, hey, I'd like to skip that for now if you don't mind. Well, she let them know at Rebellion, I'm not under a contract. I feel like I've proven my worth. I would like a raise to this amount because I'm not really making money for this. This is for exposure. I think I'm worth it not being for exposure anymore. Impact declined. And then she reached out to Ring of Honor where her fiance works. 
is also working without a contract, at least right now. Um, she reached out to NWA, and I'm told they made very good offers. And uh, I don't know if that's collectively or individually. There was interest from WWE. There was interest, or there were discussions with AEW. But she said she didn't know what AEW is going to be. Doesn't mm. know if she'd be happy in WWE by the sounds of it, and uh, doesn't know how the locker room situation would be for ROH. And there is no locker room for NWA. So uh, she wanted to stay in Impact, but she wanted the amount of money that she had requested. So word gets out, and it just so happens word gets out the week before AEW Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. Very smart, but she had told me I'm already booked that weekend. I wasn't going to show up there anyway. Impact. Uh, see, the thing is, Impact fans were upset that we put scrambling to sign her. They were. Mm-hmm. They were scrambling to sign her, and they did sign her. Her deal is two years from the point that she signed it this past weekend. Uh, she was very happy to stay with Impact. She said she likes it there just a ton. And, uh, yeah, she's sticking around in Impact. Who dropped the ball on that? Do you know? I do not know. I don't know the person DeMore, in okay. particular. I know that he was surprised that she wasn't signed. So so just to recap, uh, Jordan Grace agrees to an amount of money, agrees to a two-year contract. They don't send her the contract. So then she gets to re-up her salary before she signs the contract yeah. that she could have signed. Uh and and you know something I know I know that the that that the, the hardcore impact fans they get a little upset with us sometimes because we crap on impact a lot. We I crap know, whoa, on- whoa, 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 whoa. I do not crap on impact a lot. I review their friggin' pay-per-views. I we review I hired a guy to review their show weekly. We run their show. We stream their show live every week. Okay, let me reiterate. Andrew I crap three, on Impact a yeah, lot. You did, Andrew did three exclusive interviews last week with Impact. But I, I don't do it. I, I don't goons bitching saying you only report to her negative news and i'm like listen asshole if you were there retweeting <laughs> if you're there retweeting the sammy callahan article <laughs> where were these goobers where were these fucking goobers when we published the cody deaner interview did you see did you see a big swell in traffic when we published that jimmy no Oh, I didn't see a big swell of, of traffic when I interviewed any particular one of these <laughs> Hey, I can't hear my fucking audio. Hold on. I don't see this big swell <laughs> of support and traffic when we report all this positive stuff that right. they claim that we don't do. Yeah. So when people come along and they're like, oh, you only report the negative, that is a big load of shit. Right. We cover impact as we would any company. We're on their media calls. We do their interviews. We sent Melissa to their pay-per-view. Yeah, we did. She gave out Sean Rossat masks and uh, bumper stickers. Yeah, I mean, my God. I mean, I I have historically shit on Impact a fair bit, but only because they did really stupid shit. You know what, Jimmy? That's it. If your dick game is getting shit on because it's trash, you can take Blue Chew and get a really hard penis. (laughs) BlueChew.com right. brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Damn whether oh, whether you're looking to make an impact or somebody's in pursuit of you. That's cute. That's good. They're going to land a spike. That's for sure. Take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Whether nobody's watching or dozens of people are watching. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visits. No waiting at the pharmacy. No more awkwardness. 
and you can use the code FIGHTFUL to get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. I like Impact Wrestling, Jimmy. I like it when they do good things, but when they do I, stupid things, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to talk about it. You know it. what I don't like? People telling me to hang myself or get shot because I reported a piece of news. Did somebody say that? What? Multiple people said that, Jimmy. And especially after the Ashley Massaro thing, too. I had I had some clown saying, "Well, it's not professional of you to uh say fuck at them when they say that." And I'm like, Pardon me? Do you watch our Wednesday show? Oh, yeah. I swear openly. I'm like, that does not, like, throw on the earmuffs, homeboy. Oh, yeah. Fuck shitballs. Get over it. Get over it. Like, who cares? All right, let's go to Stupid People. Stupid People is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up in the new segment. We came up with this stupid people, stupid people, stupid people. Duh. Okay. As I say every week, Sean, I always wonder, am I going to be able to find six Stupid People news stories, three for this show, three for Fightful uh, Select, uh, Stupid People Extended, and every week it's not a challenge. Not a challenge. This first one reported by Global News in Canada on May 16th. Are you much of a boat guy, Sean? I know we joked about how you wanted me to get your gold boat at my cottage, but are you much of a boat guy? No. No? You've been not on a boat, a, though, right? Not, yeah, yeah. Not much of an open water guy. Open. Okay. Are you much of a boat guy, Nigel? No, not really. Not really. I've got to bring you guys to my cottage sometime. So there's a guy from Port Moody, British Columbia in Canada, and he was pulling his boat out of the water, and it started making a loud noise because the propeller was rubbing up against the ramp, you know, and he's pulling it out. So he got out of his SUV. He went into the boat to try to lift the propeller up. Problem is, he left his car in neutral. Here's the end result. Put up that video clip, Nigel. Watch oh, this. No. Look at the guy, Sean. Oh, my look at Look at it. Oh, Whoosh. <laughs> yeah. Now, fortunately, the guy suffered only minor injuries. The car and the boat had to be pulled out of the water. Uh, and then to make matters worse, after they pulled the boat, the boat and the car out of the water, car caught fire. Put up that picture, Nigel. Look at that. Turned out it had an electric battery, so the water, you know, did not mix with that. So the car caught on fire. Good day for that man. Good day for him. Years ago, we had some brake work done on a car of mine, and something, like, went terribly wrong. And I was parked at, like, a pizza joint or something. And something at the, like, I just brought it from the shop, and it rolled down the hill in reverse. Like, something happened, and it shifted out of gear. That thing hopped the hill in reverse and slapped into that. Yeah, we, we, we got some free work out of that one at least. But uh, <laughs> This next God. one, today we have two SRS files, Sean. Ooh. Two. This next one, SRS file number one, reported by the Fort Myers News Press on May 9. Sean's going to like this one, Nigel. <laughs> so last December, a 36-year-old man out of Cape Coral, Florida, robbed a house and he got caught because uh, not only did they have surveillance, but he was wearing a shirt from his workplace that made him very easy to identify. All right. So he got cut. Um, he just got a five and a half year prison sentence for theft. Turns out he only stole one item. What item do you think he stole, Sean? Oh God, probably a GP or something with a with a geo tracker or something. That, yeah, 
Put up the photo of what, what he stole. He stole a Nintendo Switch. You know what? I, I got to say, probably worth it. Probably worth it. <laughs> I heard that story, and I thought, I wonder if Melissa somehow met some dude in Cape Curl, Florida. You know what I mean? Trying to make Man, make, make good on that deal. One. She could have just bought him one, yeah. Yeah. All right, last one. SRS file number two reported by WBNS out of Columbus, Ohio on uh, May 20. So there's a middle school out of Powell, Ohio called Hyatt's Middle School. And they had a global gourmet class that featured a student cooking competition with the teacher serving as judges. All right. So student cooking competition, teacher serving as judges. The local sheriff's office is now investigating and felony assault charges might be filed against some of the students. What do you think happened? Somebody's cooked balls. Uh, they put uh, urine and semen in crepes. Oh. Served them up to the teachers, and because kids are stupid, they documented the whole thing on video while they put the stuff in the in the crepes. Yeah, but their skin is going to be so clear, Jimmy. Uh huh. <sighs> Lab tests are uh, underway to verify the substance involved, but apparently there is video footage, and so they're pretty sure that that's what it is. How so feed off into crepes. I mean, I, it made me think of like Van Wilder. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. but, like Talladega Nights. I, I like really thin pancakes. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay, let's move on to a viewer question. We have a viewer question from the Advocate at the Ace of Nave Seven on Twitter. He said, uh, "I should have put this up on the thing, but I didn't." He said, uh, "Jimmy Van Chonrasab, do you guys think that WWE contracts with advertisers have clauses stating when certain ads should be like mid-match, as there seem to be far too many mid-match ads, or is it just poor show layout and producing?" So, from my understanding, and I have not seen the contracts, but from my understanding. WWE doesn't get the ad revenue. NBC Universal does. Uh, and so it's their decision. And from what I understand, the reason that they put the ads mid-match is because they consider them to be DVR uh, fast-forwarding proof. Yeah. Uh, because even if you fast-forward, if you're watching the match, you're going to see the ad. They think that they have a more captive audience. And that's the reason that they do it. Uh, and that's what I've heard. Have you heard anything yeah. different? No, I think you would know more than me in, in that regard. But yeah, yeah. I- that's whatever. what I would assume. Yep. Uh, Kevin Owens, you broke a story last night. We're doing this on May 22nd. You broke a story last night. What's the story, Sean? Uh, Kevin Owens told WWE that he didn't want to go to Saudi Arabia. I don't know if maybe he'll change his mind or if they'll even try to convince him. But he didn't want to go there. And also, they didn't know the finish of that match Sunday until early in the day. And they didn't, like, there was a question about whether or not Owens would even be able to wrestle, like some clearance issues. Really? Yeah, that, that I had heard. Um, because of his, uh, because of his uh, I don't injury? Know, I don't know what the, the issue may be there. Uh, okay. Somebody's been kind of cynical when, when relaying that. But, uh, yeah, uh, didn't want to go to Saudi Arabia. We've seen that. with, And he has been before, but we've seen Daniel yeah. Bryan go. We've seen John Cena go. We've yeah. seen Roman Reigns go and then change their mind. And then Reigns has changed his mind again. So, Yeah, I'm sure they made it worth his while. Yeah. You know, they gotta so, make it worth their while to be at Sands of Time. <laughs> so that is kind of a you know Alex and Sean post Raw thing. I'm not gonna touch it. That's fine. Post Raw thing. It's post SmackDown. Oh, I'm not sure. Sands of Time thing, Jimmy. Okay, so why didn't the Viking Raiders drop the NXT tag titles in the ring? 
I don't know. And okay. you don't even have to do it. I, I've asked about this. No, everybody thinks that they should have. Yes, they should have. It's a freaking fatal four-way at the pay-per-view. Not only that, but it's like time-honored tradition. That's what Vincent Mann always said, time-honored uh, tradition. Not an NXT page and Asuka and now the War Raiders just drop them and leave them. And I'm like, they literally don't have to get pinned. Yeah, I don't like it, man. They're supposed to make somebody strong on the way out. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it. All right. Uh, you, you touched upon that they're changing the look and feel of Raw for Hour 3. Why are they doing that? Are they doing that because the, the ratings traditionally drops in Hour 3 and they think that maybe somehow this is going to keep the audience? Put some shit in your hand, throw it at the wall, and see if it hangs out there, Jimmy. That's what it is. Wild card, 24-7, changing yeah. this, uh, make, uh, making uh, all these switches. Throwing shit at the wall, hoping it sticks. Yeah. I'm okay with it. And uh, the buzzword that I kept being told about was raw from like four people. Like I thought it was a rib on me at one point. But yeah. then it was told to an intermediary as well. And I was like, damn, that is, that's the buzzword going around, huh? And as I told Alex on Monday, I'm kind of glad they're doing it for hour three. Because if you do it for the whole show, it gets old like two weeks in. Yeah. But if you do it for one hour each week, maybe not so much when you see the shift and the the, the transition. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the wild card rule. I mean, for Raw, it's basically the Roman, Shane, Kofi, and some random guy rule. Well, That's I see what Shane it is. is everywhere now. Shane is everywhere. He has gone from the most likable McMahon to the, another man that's overexposed and needs to go away for a while. And I was looking at his recent track record, and I realize he's a McMahon and everything, but I was looking at his recent track record. So he wins the SmackDown Tag Team titles with The Miz. Then he beats The Miz at WrestleMania. Then he wins the Best in the World Tournament in Saudi Arabia when he was only in the finals. Then he's the one that scored the pinfall on Jey Uso in the uh, multi-man tag last week. Then he beats The Miz again at Money in the Bank. Now he's going into a program against arguably the top guy in, in Roman Reigns. What the hell, man? I, I know he's a McMahon and everything. No one looks at him as a wrestler, even though he's in good shape and he's a good-sized guy and everything, but nobody looks at him as a pro wrestler. I don't really understand it. Now, the only thing I will say, and I mentioned this on, uh, on Twitter the other night, the match with Roman at uh, uh, Super Showdown, if they make it where he needs Elias' interference and he needs Drew McIntyre's interference and all of that... I can accept it. But if they, for even one minute, make him look competitive in the ring with Roman Reigns, I'm going to have a big problem with that. That doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah, it doesn't help anybody. No. And I get it. He's a familiar name. That's neat. But, right. geez, man. Let's let's stop leaning on one guy. Let's make stars. Yeah, I mean, they've seen... I mean, look what they're doing with Kofi Kingston, right? Yeah. Kofi Kingston, I, I kind of compared it to Bret Hart when he won his uh, WWE title the first time. And they had him out there every week taking on everybody from like Fatu to Razor Ramon to the one to 3 kid. Heels, baby faces. He was defending against all comers. Uh, Randy Savage is the Intercontinental Champion. did the same thing. He defended against all comers. And Kobe's doing the same thing and he's getting clean wins. That's how you build oh a guy, gosh. Sean. Like I, I, on the Fightful Report podcast every week, I do some stats and... There was one that was just amazing. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Kofi Kingston, since uh, February, in singles action or gauntlet action, whatever it may be, it's been Daniel Bryan like three times, Jeff yeah. Hardy, Samoa Joe twice, Orton twice, Sheamus, Cesaro, Nakamura, Zayn, and Kevin Owens. He is not only getting the reactions of a main eventer, he's getting the booking of a main eventer. Yeah. And I love it. 
And a lot of people say, oh, it's not realistic. He was a jobber for a long time. Jimmy, you'll know this name, Robbie Lawler. Mm-hmm. How, he looked like he was about done in mm-hmm. MMA. He looked like he was cooked. He couldn't, Bisping, too. Yeah, couldn't put together two or three wins in a row. Yep. Both became world champions. Yep. It's, yep. It is realistic. It can People happen. Not streaks. People get career revivals, and Kofi Kingston has delivered, and WWE has delivered, too. Yeah, you know, you know what I think he needs though. I think they need to do something with his music, like give more juice to that music, yeah. because you know that music when when it starts. Aside from when the choir starts playing, it's a very kind of low key, bass heavy kind of music that doesn't draw excitement from the crowd. Because all it is is just bum. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they need to do something with the music. But otherwise, I think they're doing a great job with Kofi, and uh, I think they need to stay the course with him for a while because I still think that a lot of people, myself included, think that they're going to pull the trigger on a title switch. So they need to stay the course with them, maybe even till SummerSlam or past that even. And then you've got a guy. Then you've got another another guy that you can depend on. What would you think of Dolph Ziggler really quickly? I thought that was a it was a good one night build, but yeah, uh, the, the problem I had with it is that they've positioned him for so long as a mid card guy, win some, lose some, uh, because of that, and they've also done this thing with him for so long where he comes back, bitches to the audience about where he's at. I mean, they did it with this record scratch a year ago. Yeah. Well, he so, didn't this time. He pleaded with them, and I thought that was a nice little transition yeah i mean when you when you brought the story about oh hey kevin owens doesn't want to go to saudi arabia then it made sense so it's yeah. like okay so now kobe's got an opponent he's going to beat dolph at uh, at super showdown and then maybe dolph's going to go away again yeah so that's all i got for you bud guys make sure you guys subscribe leave a thumbs up uh hit the bell for notifications i'll see you friday sean and uh we're gonna have some fun buddy we're yeah, have some fun I'm in Las excited. Vegas. Sean actually said to me, he said to me on Skype earlier, he said, gee, I hope I'm going to have time to like do my interviews and stuff because he thinks I'm going to like just take them all over Las Vegas. <laughs> not going to do that. I told all him right. you've got all day, every day. I'm not no, going to well, do uh, that. You'll also get to meet Andrew, who is now a full-time writer for us and who right. I think is going to be a big, big part of our future. Both he, uh, Jeremy, and Joe Holbert are doing great. Best best team setup I've ever had. But Awesome. Uh, Go check out the MMA channel too, guys. We have Harry Kettle doing some new interviews. Uh, he interviewed Jack Hermanson, who just knocked out or just beat up uh, Jacare Souza. He just interviewed Ricardo Lamas, a perennial top 10 featherweight in the UFC. Go check that out. There is no MMA show this week, but we will have video updates. I'm going to have a lot of stuff. Most of my interviews will drop after Double or Nothing, but I'm going to get some scrum-type stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you see us there, come say Hi. Hand us money. That would be great, too. I, I like money a lot. Uh, Bobby Heenan used to always say, uh, I won't be offended by cash. Yeah, there you go. I will not be offended by cash. <laughs> but really, I am looking forward to seeing you guys. I'm going to be doing some more traveling for the site, doing a lot more in-person interviews. So uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. But, guys, uh, subscribe. Leave a thumbs up. We're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.